This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. Get me Kaputnik and Phonebone. I want to see their drawings for New Kids on the Black. And where's my Verschluggen Bastrami sandwiches? Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. That was not the you. one that I would have I got you. Yeah, I got you, you with you, that one, you didn't got I? me. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to go, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> the voice and everything. It was very funny. <laughs> right. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah, this is Two Bad Neighbors, everyone. My name is Greg. My name's Alan. And this is your one-stop shop for all things Simpsons seasons one through ten. If it's an encyclopedic, encyclopedic compendium. Yeah, if that's the kind of thing you're into, you're in luck because that's our podcast. Two yeah. bad neighbors. And we're um we're breaking down the gates. We're we're flying to the windy apple. We're going to the place that Godzilla made its made his home, her home. Their home. It was asexual in 1998, so doesn't really matter. Which is which is the canon film. That's right. And we all know that um, Manhattan is the perfect place for a giant lizard. Yeah, yeah. To live, according to Matthew Broderick. But that's not. (laughs) I get all my information from Matthew Broderick. (laughs) Um, Giant lizards love Central Park. What can I say? They love it. They love the. um, What's the fountain? The Bethesda Fountain? Trivaldi. Trivaldi Fountain. Oh, right. They love the Imagine Memorial. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, they like a Raspberry Fields. Strawberry um, Fields. That's the Imagine Memorial. Strawberry Fields. No, Raspberry Fields. Oh, the, on oh, the other side oh, yeah, of the park. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I don't give a shit about Strawberry Fields. Right. right. What did that ever yeah. do for me? I, you, are... you, like, you like the fields that are lesser known. The original. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the, the classic album. Yeah, and you're yeah. a notorious connoisseur of raspberries. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you have some jam around your mouth right now, actually. Oh, I can sorry. see it. <laughs> just get that through the zoo. Um, yeah, for those uh, joining us, uh, which is everybody, who wouldn't be joining us? I don't who know. Who would be listening to this and not joining us? What a <laughs> weird thing for me to say. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. you get a pass. Okay. Um, we are, uh, of course, experts on The Simpsons. However, self-proclaimed, you'll notice you'll notice that we're also experts on the city of New York. Yeah. However, uh, we decided we should probably get a, another expert in on the on the show this time around. That's right. Um, because we know everything about it, but you know, it's nice to have someone who's actually currently living there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why we have our guest today, a returning guest, uh, thought long dead, uh, James Wade. Welcome to the show He's once again, back. my friend. I'm so yes, glad. Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated, uh, propagated mostly by this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget my trivia nights. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I am the expert of all things New York, and I, I know that from not li- leaving my apartment for about six weeks. That's, yes. yes, absolutely. Um, so here we are, season nine. We have... Nine. 
one of our uh, oldest and best guests on the show to kick us off. One of those. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. James, now this, it's a, it's been a while. So how have you been? Oh, <laughs> you know. It's a loaded I like question, a, I know. It's a loaded question. It's a loaded right question. Yeah. It's like wh- whenever you ask that, you have to be like, you have to like put the obvious aside yeah. and then you're like, oh, you know, I've actually been pretty good. Like, <laughs> Aside from <laughs> the obvious. I've watching Lost. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. How far in? Yeah, Sony has never seen it. So uh, we're at like season four, episode one is our Ooh, next episode. Yeah. Season four. That's when it gets yeah. good. There's a really good episode in season four. Yeah, there sure is. One of the best episodes oh, of television yeah. ever. Yeah. But one, oh, only one. It? Is that Only the constant? <laughs> it's the constant, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Great app. Great app. Yeah. I think season four as a whole is very good. I think season five as a whole is very good. And I, then uh, we don't have to talk about the rest. Um, I actually yeah. agree with you. I think four and five are, are pretty awesome. I think they're I think they're peak. I think four yeah. and five are peak for me. Um, the, uh, I think one, the best one, thing One is very good, but it, like a different kind of show where yeah. they were still spinning their wheels a lot. But because of that, it was mostly focused on characters, which I was all for. Um, yeah. Season two, they start uh, diving into the mythology a bit, but still spinning their wheels. So you're like, okay, but why? And then uh, three is when they like nail the 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 switch, the the infamous like the creators went to ABC and were like, we want to set an end date so we can start working towards that. And that's when it happens. You can tell that switch happens at the end of season three when they killed Naomi. Oh God! (laughs) Spoilers. Uh, so James, you, you killed Naomi. You, um, you're you're in incredibly smart and in just wonderful wife has never seen Lost, and yet she's a television critic. Oh, it's true. It's uh, probably one of her biggest uh, blind spots in uh, in popular popular TV, and I would yeah. say that uh, she's hating it. I, I, I think I think, uh, <laughs> and I love that. I love that she's hating it. That's great. Um, I think she likes Sawyer, and she wants people to uh, kiss and have sex more. Sure, um, but like she just loathes Jack oh, Shepard yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, that's. I think that's generally the consensus with most Lost fans. Even like, yeah, he kind of he kind of redeems himself near the end. I feel he puts the cork but back in. He puts the cork back in. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all remember the cork. We all remember how much he wanted to, wanted to put it back in, and then he did it. We Let's, all loved that. We all stood up and cheered because we knew exactly now, what was going on. We should perhaps be careful because, as we all know, Sonia's an avid listener to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, all podcasts, really. <laughs> and so we don't want to spoil anything. Sorry, Sonia. We don't want to spoil anything yeah. for you. Um, yeah, forget so we we're going to stop with the Lost Talk. Uh, we're going to put a cork in our Lost Talk. <laughs> oh, Very nice. What? Very nice. Um, please listen to us, Sonia. <laughs> Your husband's on. Um, so season nine. We're in, we're in season nine. Yeah. Uh, this, James, uh, as, as an avid listener as well, you must know, is a point of contention. Um, Finally. I am very much not a fan of season nine uh, as a whole. Greg is very much pro season nine. Very much. Um, and so this is our the beginning of our great experiment, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Perhaps the greatest experiment ever done. By humans? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Perhaps. <laughs> It's possibility. We, I mean, we haven't completed it yet, yeah. so we'll have to wait and see. But like, the hypothesis already, is strong. Already, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, right now I'm looking up season nine of the Simpsons to see if I to see the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll and, definitely and that's kind of what I was asking yeah. is, is what's your general take on season nine that you can remember, or even just glancing at the episodes, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be uh, side with either of us necessarily, but just like, do you think as a whole, it's a positive season or a negative season, or maybe it's something in the middle. Maybe it's just like, it's fine. Uh, well, I don't remember completely offhand, but I do remember that like there was a there was a moment when I stopped liking The Simpsons, and there was like after that I didn't like the show nearly as much, although I still watched it. Um, and that the episode where it happens, I think it's a season premiere. It's where Homer becomes an outside artist. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah, and uh, I don't know when that when that episode takes place, but everything before it, I generally feel positive about. Um, but even so, like I've just watched them like piecemeal just reruns mostly. Um, but looking at some of these, like I think, uh, I think I enjoyed some of these quite a bit. Yeah. I think um, the, I think the outsider art, pop one, art, I believe yeah. it's called, and it's from, uh, it's actually the 19th episode of season 10. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it's late in season 10. Now, Greg and I both agree season 10 is a garbage fire. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that's what's interesting is that this this season is the big, is the great divide in our opinions for the most part. Um, now, I also have stated in the past that going into season nine, I'm, I'm going to do my very best not to be a negative Nelly um, because that's very much something I could, could do with <laughs> my cynical brain and... Uh, uh, distaste of the season in general. Uh, however, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to, you know, try and like like stuff for the sake of liking it. Uh, I'm going to. I like diving into why I don't like episodes, uh, or vice versa. Um, and I think it can be for good discussion. Um, well, so let me then bait you by asking: <laughs> uh, Does this does this first episode uh, back up your current feeling or argue against it? Well, that's the thing. And this episode, especially watching it this time, uh, I realize is not nearly as offensive as I previously felt it was. And by offensive, I just mean like I've always I've always distasted this episode, um, and. My opinion this time around, which I'll dive deep into a bit more as we talk about it, is that it's a fine episode, but it's not good. <laughs> um, like, I think it's it's one of the first major uh, The Simpsons travel to a place that doesn't really parody it in an interesting way, in my opinion. Uh, there are some, th some things it does parody well uh, about New York. But for the most part, it's just like, hey, they're at the Port Authority. Oh, look, right. it's, the, yeah. it's the Statue of Liberty. Hey, look, it's Broadway. Um, <laughs> and uh, with the exception of the Broadway musical, which I think is great um, in this episode, it's very, you know, just what can we, what can we like reference for the sake of referencing? Um, and it's not as interesting to me. Now, I will say my opinion of that also uh, stemmed largely from never having been to New York. Uh, I have now been to New York twice, and I was hoping that maybe through that I would maybe get some of the jokes more, which I don't think is the mark of a good episode, even if I did, right? You shouldn't have to go to New York to get the the, the jokes. Uh, I've never been to Australia, but Bart vs. Australia is fucking hilarious uh, because it's like 
parodying Australia in a silly way that like is clearly not real, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but with this one, it's it's very much um, it's just like oh, like you know how there's a lot of uh, famous rays or original rays in New York. Here's here's one. Homer sees it. <laughs> Yep, that's you know uh, it's it's that, a, that's it's just accurate. a boring joke and so like that that's just one of the things uh that just kind of again it's not a bad episode it's just uh it's not interesting to me uh in any in in any way and it's it's a misstep in my opinion because there could be a lot of interesting stuff again i think the broadway show is the best example of them parodying broadway uh like parodying new york and by extension broadway in an interesting way it's also like classic simpsons doing a good original song um but i just i just wanted more uh i will say as well this is a holdover from season eight uh which is interesting uh because bill oakley and uh weinstein were still uh showrunners for this episode uh so we don't get uh, scully in until uh i think actually episode four if i was reading correctly i think actually the treehouse of horror is the first one aired that he's the showrunner for um I just had a lot of things about it. Uh, I just want to say real quick, because I usually do this. This is the first episode of season nine, uh, written by Ian Maxstone Graham, directed by Jim Reardon, and original air date September 21st, 1997. Now, Greg. Yeah. Your rebuttal. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Alan. Defend yourself, Greg. Not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'll, here's opening statement, I guess. Um, <laughs> sure. Not only do I think this is... Uh, the best episode of season nine. I think it is, (laughs) I think it would, if it was in, if it was in season eight, it would be in my top five. Interesting. My jaw is on the floor right now. (laughs) Yeah. I love this episode. I think it's so fucking funny. I think Homer's, uh, Homer's, Homer's storyline in this episode is, is the, is the parody that I was looking for in this uh in the in the Simpsons go to blank um you get two really wonderful um coinciding experiences of the great city of New York uh one Homer where he gets to uh i guess enjoy all the shit all of it just just the shit and he's looking for it and then two you get to see what people would try to do if they only had one day in new york what a family would try and do and what marge would do what marge would do mostly um (laughs) and a little bit of well that would be the family thing right like you your mom take you to the to the places that you think you would want to go the bus station is just one of the places we wanted to see it's the port authority it's (laughs) fucking gross and it's true to this very day um and then as soon as they get on to like walking through Chinatown, going to the Statue of Liberty, going to Broadway, going to Mad Magazine, I'm all for it because I think the jokes that they put in are actually quite funny. Like them looking at shoes and being like, I know they're made out of animals, but I don't care. And he's like, I'm going to leave. Okay, dad, come back in 30 minutes, sweetie. And then he goes to Mad Magazine. There's a methadone clinic over there because drugs are a problem. And then we cut to Homer and we get to see him going through the genuine, what feels like a genuine New York experience, which is everyone's too close to each other. Nobody has any room and they fucking hate you for it. <laughs> they put all the jerks over in Tower One. It's the oh. best. My God. <laughs> 
God, it's Rough the line. best. And then you got Post 2001. Yeah, uh, they took it out of syndication for years, and then and then you got the great one of the greatest jokes that I have ever seen. It's him just on top of his car trying to not piss his pants, and then he goes up to one tower, and the door is locked. He goes to the other one, and it's like, uh, it's the I felt that when I was in New York, I couldn't find anywhere to pee, and it was awful. And I hate New York. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I never want to go back. <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, like when I when I when I went the first time when I was a kid, I saw everything that Marge and Bart and Lisa saw. And when I went with Allie, I saw only <laughs> what Homer saw. And, and and I think it was just a really really. Uh, for me, some of the jokes, sure, might not have been their most inspired. It's just kind of like, oh, look, a Ray's Famous Pizza. Fine. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, we see those everywhere. But also, at the same time, the joke rate was still at the top of its game. The I, I think Homer's story in this is so tragically frustrating and so universally relatable to anyone who's gotten a parking ticket. Um, and it just, everything just gets added because everything in New York feels magnified. Mm -hmm. And I think this episode does a really good job of that. That's my opening thesis. Moving on, James. <laughs> uh, well, the, the peeing thing is very accurate. There's nowhere to pee. Like there's no public bathrooms. Everything is, it's so, it's so hard to find a place. I've had to like, when I go to Manhattan, I'm like mapping out like where, the bathrooms are in case I need to go because there's no alleys as like a last resort. There's not even alleys. They took them away. I, so. I have never, this is all honestly news to me. I've never had a problem finding a place to pee when I was in Manhattan. Probably doing it but illegally. Maybe because I went to like uh, restaurants a lot. <laughs> so just like after I have my yeah. meal, I go to the bathroom and then I'm fine for until I need to go to have a meal again. So yeah. I mean, yeah, usually like my worst case scenario is, is either like try to do a maneuver where I just like pretend I'm going to a restaurant <laughs> or just like sit down and buy a meal that I didn't need. <laughs> you go you go table for one, you go sit down, and you go, I'll just need a few more minutes with the menu. You go to the bathroom, you come back. When they come back, you say, actually, you know, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> what I can they the do? Thing I, I will the take these breadsticks. <laughs> I think the main thing here is that I'm afraid of New Yorkers still. That's fair. <laughs> They're terrifying. Um, <laughs> I, I love I love the montage of uh, uh, of Homer in the 70s. I think to the Sting music, it's yeah, it's actually I was gonna say I think I liked I liked that like microcosm of New York better than what we see in the rest of the episode. And I don't know what it is. Maybe I just I think the the kind of like more rapid fire pace of the jokes of like New York being shitty rings more true in that moment than it does when he's actually like try like i feel like his big the big thing with homer's journey in this episode is that he is just dealing with his car and so that's i guess just i don't know i've never had a car in new york <laughs> like why would i and uh you know so like that's not relatable in any way uh the thousands of tickets and then like they'll dump it in the east river like that's a funny gag but then the fact that that's all they focus on for his story is just Again, I think a missed opportunity because I think it's way more interesting to see some of the stuff that was happening in that little montage 
more so like I, I like the idea that you said greg of um the family having like the the touristy nice version of new york and then homer having to deal with all the shit but the problem for me is that all the shit is literally just having to do with his car and it gets a little too much and even like the end where he's angrily driving away and like garbage is flying in his face i'm like oh like it's just it's too much for me to feel any sort of like I don't know. Like it's one of my, my favorite jokes. Is gone. <laughs> 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 even my pathos is gone because I'm just like, like, yeah, like this is all awful. And like, I'm not necessarily rooting for Homer because it just seems a little too cartoony. And I don't know. It's just, there's just something missing there. And it's the juxtaposition. Like the, fact the, the family is sitting in the back of the car looking at the New York sunset over Central Park, and it's gorgeous. Homer's in the front of the car, and he gets hit with biohazard waste. It's the juxtaposition of the two. Where I the, understand the intention. Where the com- <laughs> that's, that's where the comedy lies for me. For me, they couldn't have right. gone too far. And I, I'm just saying, like, I understand that, that aspect of the joke, and I find it funny as a flashback. Like, he gets garbage dumped on him in the flashback. <laughs> By Woody I find Allen. that funny. But for some reason, it's just like going on this journey with him and it's supposed to be our main character, our hero character. And he's not jerk-ass Homer in this episode. Uh, he's got some inklings of it in the in the first act, which we'll talk about. Um, but for the most part, it's like, I, I want to feel like he's succeeded in some way and I don't feel that. And it just kind of robs me of that feeling of him getting his car and getting out of New York. I'm like, I, I want a moment of him having be like i'm out of new york finally i'm free but instead it's like nah you're still gonna get shit flung in your face right into the credits bud and i just i don't like that personally it just makes me feel bad <laughs> oh i love it i love it because it just it, and then frank sinatra starts singing bah, 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 da, da, bah. and it's like yeah we're gonna throw garbage in your face Fuck you. That's because uh, he never he can never win in New York, he, even if he tried. And he never does. He he goes in with like the lowest expectations and it just gets worse. Um, so I, I want to hear more from James, if I'm being perfectly honest. I want to hear all your thoughts about this episode, having lived in New York, actually being yeah. part of it. I really like the end of the episode. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel as nearly as much empathy as Alan does for uh, for Homer. Um, I really like. There are <laughs> there are two syringes stuck to his face. <laughs> it's like it's horrifying, and there are also a lot of horrifying episodes. I watched this with Sonia yesterday, and there was like five moments when she like gasped. One was when he tried to take off the bolt with his teeth. Ugh. Another was when he wrecks the front of his car with the <laughs> jackhammer. And I think the syringes was another like gasp. Like it was, it was pretty bad. Um, but I guess the thing that I uh, dislike about Homer's arc is that it's not really an, an arc. Is that uh, like he comes in with a low expectation of New York and like leaves with a maybe even lower one. Um, and I guess I by the end I was like, oh, is that is, is this is this is all the episode was like i sort of expected a bigger conflict or something or like a character there's no characters beyond the simpsons in this episode except barney who's uh in the part of the episode that we're not even really talking about um 
Uh, as far as like the um, the commentary on New York, yeah, it's sort of a mix of good and bad. I do like Homer's uh, remembrance of being there in the 70s, um, getting garbage dumped on by Woody <laughs> Allen and being chased by a pimp. Uh, that's kind of fun. I was cops stealing his up... luggage. That's my favorite part, where it's like he's talking to a cop, <laughs> and the cop's like, Get! "Yeah, that was." <laughs> and it that takes him a little bit my... longer to realize what just happened. <laughs> I feel like if this episode were being made today, because I, I watched a lot of TV set in New York, and I, I feel like the the narrative that I see in New York shows today is like, um, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. No, no, well, not Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> not talking Spider Man. Okay, right? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that is like uh, is is reminiscing for like the 70s of of new york mm. even though it was like crime ridden and you get chased by pimps and stuff uh <laughs> but now it's like the thing of new york is like you go in expecting that or someone might go there expecting that and all they get is just like sort of a gentrified corporate america um oh. feeling that's at least you know that's uh, one of the major um narratives in, in brooklyn these days is that like Brooklyn used to be cool and now it's over because it's, you know, being developed and it's boring. And New York in general, post Giuliani is like boring New York. Right. Uh, although um, like the Simpsons, even though it is like post Giuliani or mid Giuliani, I suppose, uh, is still very much like there are two New Yorks and Homer's experiencing one and the rest of the Simpsons are experiencing the other. Uh, well, this is 97, so yeah. it would be either right before Giuliani or during, because he, he was mayor during 9-11, uh, so. I think it's during. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, he's I think he was mayor, mayor for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I That's interesting, because I, I always felt like my uh, narrative of New York from pop culture pre-9-11 and post-9-11 were very different, and pre-9-11 it was very much like, it wasn't like like in this episode necessarily where it's like everything is a gar like it's a garbage hole and like everyone's going to steal from you it's more just like oh it's crazy there's so many characters and you know you know and like like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a movie I remember that very clearly being like one of my first exposures to New York as an idea and uh it's when like Raph like runs across the street in in a and a cab stops and then someone's like like whoa did you see that and it's like it's like yeah it looked like a giant turtle in a trench coat anyway you go into brooklyn or what like he's like he's like unfazed by it and like that's the that's the joke is always like oh there's crazy things in new york you never know what's gonna happen um some sort of freaky lewis something yeah, wackadoo. Freaky wackadoo. um uh, but that's the thing i feel like post around. i feel like post 9 11 it it does feel maybe like more in the immediate post 9 11 not like continuing since but immediate post 9 11 it's very much the spider-man movie and things like that where it's like new yorkers are like so resilient and we're going to come together and we're like we're oh, like america you know it's like this is the american dream we're the best the city loves everybody loves each other and so uh i guess yeah that's like this episode uh is definitely pre-9-11 and it's it's more in the the reign of um uh, it's crazy but it's also leaning heavily into the crime aspect or even just like like greg said at the top like people are cramped and too close and they hate you for it um <laughs> which i think is again is very funny uh yeah i guess just like mostly homer just hanging out with the car the whole episode again i think it's just a misstep because i'd like to see him explore the city more there's yeah there, there's a moment in there, there's a there, for me there's a moment in the episode where it goes from good to great um and it's when he's on the phone 
with the parking authority. That's one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> it's and when it says wait for officer Steve Grabowski. Um that for 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 me I'm like I, I'm like um yes, you 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 did the production of taking the Simpsons to New York and you put the main character essentially alone in a bottle episode by himself with a calcolash guy. <laughs> and that's basically what he has to do. He, he, he works uh, like the second and third acts become almost bottle episode. Ask as soon as he gets to one world trade center. Yep. Um, and it, and, with, I, and I don't like that idea. <laughs> and I, I love that idea. I love that he, that he's in, he's in one of the most incredible cities in the world and he will never be able to see what's good about it. He will never, ever be able to see what's good about it. He will, he's even in, at the time, one of the most incredible architectural uh, achievements ever. And he still can't see the beauty of it because there's a boot on his car and he just got $250 failure to wait by your car ticket. And I, I I love the idea of that, that this that this that this guy just will not he won't allow himself to see what's what's amazing about New York, and New York won't allow him to see what's amazing about New York. They will it drive him true. out. <laughs> it's very true, especially to my experience of New York, which is that it's like it's an incredible place to live if you really delve into it. But looking at it at another time, like if you're just having a bad day, it's just the most inconvenient fucking place on earth. Like you have to like, oh, I have to go home. I have to ride the MTA for 45 minutes. This line is shut down. I have to switch trains. I have to wait here for a long time. There's like, you know, when it breaks down, it's bad. Yeah. And Homer is just dealing with the like uh, the inconvenience of, of New York. And uh, one of my favorite jokes in the episode, when I was when I first saw this episode, I loved this joke so much. Like the crab juice Mountain Dew joke uh, was so funny. And yeah. even though I loved Mountain Dew at the time, probably because <laughs> of that. <laughs> I gotta try this Mountain Dew that Homer hates so much. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's still, that's still one of the greatest jokes I think the series has done. Oh, um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. somehow everyone knows it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Yeah, everyone everyone can like I feel like the Mountain Dew industry is better because of this joke just because of brand recognition. Yeah. You know? People know like yeah. if you didn't know what Mountain Dew was, you knew what it was because of the Simpsons uh making fun of it and and people know what crab juice is now too, which I'm sure the crab juice industry is not as prevalent, <laughs> but you know. I feel like it really started a trend in just beating up Mountain Dew as like the stupidest. Uh, yeah, soda. the gross soft drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if if like you were at like a pub or something, and you were like, "Oh, I feel like uh, getting a fountain drink. What do you got?" And they list what they've got, and you're like, and at the end, it's like, "Oh God, Mountain Dew. Oh, take a crab juice." And then they'll be like, "Sir, <laughs> do you want a Pepsi or not?" <laughs> and then we don't have Mountain crab juice, Dew. sir. <laughs> And, and Mountain Dew, I think. And we're a bar. We don't serve Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> there goes my Mountain Dew and vodka. Sorry, uh, James, I order. interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's fine. 
I, I wonder if because of this joke on the Simpsons, Mountain Dew changed their whole marketing strategy, just being like, can we get like a tie-in with Call of Duty Black Ops? We'll just we're gonna market straight to gamers. We're yeah, they're gonna, gonna lean right to into it. Into the hands of normal <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> Well, they so they like after this episode they made peace with the fact that that it was bad and only gross people would drink it. Yeah, and let's make it grosser. We, we we're gonna get code red. <laughs> we're gonna get Baja Blast. Hey, we're gonna hold get on. like hold the on. fucking flag. Hold the fuck on. How dare you besmirch code red or Baja Blast? <laughs> Both are delicious soft drinks. <laughs> okay, let me let me back up a second here, Alan, because. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I was addicted to Mountain Dew Code Red Slurpees and they turned my forehead orange. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah, I had to stop. Oh, no. You know, they say too much of a good thing is an awesome thing. <laughs> That's right. But too much of an awesome thing turns your head orange. Yep. What a weird... Did the doctor say anything about it? Code red. I didn't go to the doctor. I <laughs> okay. still to this day feel like maybe there was a, a decent lawsuit I could have leveled against uh, <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> They're using too much like orange dye number 23 or some shit. Yeah, well, maybe it was just the Slurpee. Interesting. Um, show, Speaking of bars. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Act 1? I would love to. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, Okay. I had fun with it. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> uh, and my problems with it are threefold. All right. Number one. Number one, uh, I feel like I, there's just something about it where the, the, and I don't know if it's just like a mental thing because I know it's season nine, episode one, even though I know it's a holdover from season eight, but it just, it fe the writing already feels different. Like the jokes in this first act, I I didn't laugh once. Like I laugh a bunch in once they get to New York. So like I'm because I'm again not saying this episode doesn't have laughs, but this first act I don't think I laughed once. Like I I just found the writing either trying too hard or just weird for the sake of weird. Um, and then two is I don't like seeing our characters actually stumbling drunk. Um, it happens so rarely on the show. And I feel like the the times I like Homer super drunk is when he's kind of like, you know, when he's drinking all the beers at the at the table and he's like, that's nice, honey. That's all the recycling daddy can do today. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Like, I find that that a funny version of Homer way too drunk because normally he just drinks and we don't see any effects on him. Seeing him actually like stumbling to his house and stuff. I'm just like, I don't need to see that on my comedy show. Uh, and three, this episode introduces... I think the beginning of the end of the show with their tertiary characters in the guise of Duffman. Um, Duffman is a travesty. Uh, he should not be in the show. Uh, if he was just in this episode, <laughs> he would be fine because the idea behind his character is that it's the whole like uh, mass, uh, mass marketing uh, corporate sponsor, like Buds McKenzie. Um, Buds McKenzie? Spuds McKenzie. Yep. Whichever one it is for Bud Light. I, I think it's uh, I think it's Spuds. Yeah. It's Slurms McKenzie. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> In Futurama. Anyway, uh, but the fact that he continues to be a character throughout the show that uh has like wants and needs and episodes about him is again, and this is how uh, 
we've talked about this on the Two Bad Neighbors episode. This is also how I feel about Disco Stew, where I'm like, it would have been fine if it was just in this episode, but the series ruined them. And because of that, I can't watch this opening and not feel that, like, I know what you're going to do to this character and I hate it. And I don't find him funny. Uh, That's the other thing. Like, at least with Disco Stew, like, that joke is so good when Disco Stew first arrives. But, like, Duffman is just, like, he just comes in and he goes, oh, yeah, drink beer. And then that's it. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Moving on. Um, (laughs) Three? That was three. That was three? That was three. Wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. That, that's interesting because I don't I don't remember there being like a, an expanded or sensitive uh, episode about Duff Man. So oh, like, it's not sensitive. This is, this is uh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, but this is like the main thing I remember Duff Man from, or like maybe one or two appearances where it's just like here's some bland corporate guy. Um, but I I really thought it was funny the moment where like Barney's in the bar and he hears the like Harris Bueller whatever song oh yeah yeah the yellow <laughs> yeah 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 and it's just like and it's like what is happening but like a cold sweat comes over him because like this like stupid like corporate beer machine is like the thing that he most wanted in his life and he can't drink right now <laughs> i yeah, think again, like, i think it's funny if it was just in this ep- and i know it's kind of unfair for me to judge this episode based on feature appearances but it does have that effect on me like disco stew does um and if it was if he would just appeared in this episode it would have been, been a fun little one-off gag uh but i just know what he becomes he's in like 20 episodes or so i'm just reading his like uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five <laughs> jesus christ uh thirty forty Uh, He's in close to 50 episodes uh, after this. Uh, Here's some trivia about him from the Simpsons wiki. Uh, He is bisexual, but he is currently in a gay relationship with Grady. I don't know who that is. Duffman attempted to commit suicide by skinny dipping with Homer and then trying to drown himself. And he has a parrot named Hoppy who can even say some of his catchphrases. Like, what the hell are you doing, Simpsons writers? (laughs) It's fucking garbage. Yeah, that's all bad. All of that that you just said is very bad. However, his function in this episode is very funny to me. I think sure. I think uh, James when yeah when when Barney is like freaking out not tonight not tonight and he comes in <laughs> yeah. and it's a big party like okay yeah this is a brand corporate mascot oh I'm here for it and then when he says he's the designated driver and Duffman's like yeah we wholeheartedly support the designated <laughs> driver program who wants to party I think that's hilarious. Um, and yeah, and then when when to your second point, uh, Alan, when when we have the or your first point, I can't remember what order they came yes, in. Um, when when the when the group is 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 drunk and driving around, I have to agree. Yes, that's a that's a little that's a little upsetting. But what I find a little bit more upsetting, and actually what makes it work for me, is when uh, Barney's like, "Oh, that's just drunk talk, sweet, beautiful." drunk talk and you see that it's really really difficult for him to stay sober for one night just one just one night yeah. um, i guess i also i also feel it's a bit um uh what's the word uh forced like the, to get the car to new york um just knowing barney's character like it doesn't make any sense that he would ever agree to this um you know 
I don't know. I, I think it's it could could have been an interesting uh, episode on its own, maybe. But I think they come just, close to making it an episode on its own in a in a in a different way, but they end up fucking it up. Is that where he becomes sober? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess I really like the gag. Sorry, go ahead. Alan. No, go ahead. I, really I was just like going to belabor gag. my same point, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the gag where the limo pulls up in front of Moe's and you think you know what's going to happen. He's like, he's going to step out and like his life has changed or something, having not drunk for one night. <laughs> and then the trunk just opens and he stumbles trunk, out. Yeah, yeah just, just wonderful. <laughs> Here we are, Mr. Gumble opens the trunk. It's Barney. It's great. I think it's awesome. I... I don't know. Just the just the whole idea of being like ninety uh, percent um, of the accidents in Springfield are caused by you six guys. That's all I need. That's all I need. One of them has to stay drunk, and the plot is it's the worst of the of them that has to that has to stay sober. Sorry, and he goes on a two month bender because of it. And I get I, that. I I buy it. I really do. I also like that Mo has a relationship with the rats. <laughs> <laughs> he always has. In a way, okay. He always like the like whenever you see like the rats run in, he's he's never like ah get out of here. He's like everyone tuck your pants into your socks. He just <laughs> he just seems to get them and they get him because he's a rat man. Yeah, <laughs> he's a rat man. He's the worst. Um, but I will I will say this, Alan. I think you're right that the writing does feel different, specifically that they show all these guys drunk, stumbling drunk. That is the major, uh, that is a signal like that, that it's a new season, whether or not this was a holdover or not, it doesn't really matter. It does feel different, not as different yeah. as it's going to feel. Yes. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but still you, you, you're like, you're seeing it. You're seeing the gradual change coming. And unfortunately the second episode is the principal in the popper. Sure is. So it's going to be a massive change. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, here's the thing. We'll talk about it when we get to it, but I think Principal and the Popper is one of the funniest episodes of this season. I agree. But unfortunately, it just kind of dictates, you know, kind of a, a, a certain point in the in the history of the show where it's like most people can at least agree, yeah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no so, doubt. Oh, this is the Tamsarian episode. Yeah. Hey? yeah. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Um. What was I going to say? Uh, there's there's a moment as well, and this is again just like the the feeling, and it's it's hard to describe, but uh, it's when he's in, it's when he's in New York, I think. Um, what does he say? He says something like "I'll be watching you" or something. I'm on, I'm on to you. Right, that's what it was. It's like there's just a random guy in the street, and he's like he's like I'm on to you, and I thought that was really funny. Like it's akin to the you know the <laughs> nerd, pardon me, like that kind of thing. But then he gets in the car and he does the like kind of like, mm, and I'm like, no, too far. Like, it was funny without that little button. And it's just, again, it's like, it's feeling like that beginning to approach with the series where they'd have a really funny joke and then they add on to it unnecessarily. Yeah. And yeah. It's, um, it, it's, it, it's gets away from the, from the initial thesis in the writing room where it was like, good joke, better, best, where it would be joke keep going same joke same joke yeah just belabor the point it. yeah just yeah, belabor yeah. the point we're not making it funnier yeah you know um right. i do and like that's that. just a small example in this episode yeah. like it's not it's not overt throughout the episode but well, it's just one of those things where i'm like oh, i can feel the change start to yeah. happen once again like 
I think that's fine. It's because it's definitely not even close to what it's going to get. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It's there. It's there, and it's those little moments that that you can start picking up on. If there were a f- like, maybe maybe there's a few other episodes that'll make the transition a little bit easier once we watch the the show um, in order. Uh, because mm-hmm. I've never actually sat down and watched season nine in order. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never done that. I always thought City of New York versus Homer Simpson was like buried at the end somewhere <laughs> um, or like a season finale. Um, right. But it does make perfect sense that it would be a season premiere or a season finale. Yeah. Because it's obviously an expensive episode. Yeah, well, they sent uh, David Silverman to New York to take photographs <laughs> so that they could animate it properly. Oh, big money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put Silverman on a plane. So He's... do you want to talk about uh, kicking it? Yeah, let's talk about kicking it. <laughs> kicking it? Kicking it, James. Yeah, a musical Odyssey <laughs> through the Buddy Ford Center. Oh, that was called kicking it. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, the song is checking in, in. but checking the musical in. is kicking. That's what I was remembering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so that's like supposed you... to be like Robert Downey Jr., right? It 100% is. Yeah. Uh, at this time, oh, he was yeah. he was definitely uh, in a vast uh, pile of cocaine. This this is um, before his one-year stint on Ally McBeal, so he might be in jail at this point. <laughs> I think he's in jail later. I think later? I think because is it after Ally McBeal? I I don't know that much because I didn't give a shit about Ally McBeal. But um, he won a Golden Globe for it. Oh, cool! How dare you? <laughs> Single um, female lawyer. Have it. Lots <laughs> See, of sex. I prefer that. <laughs> um, but there's an, a, a later episode of The Simpsons where they do another Robert Downey Jr. joke, uh-huh. where it's like. Uh, he's in a shootout with the police. So it looks like a good movie. It's like, I don't see any cameras. Yeah, it's called Beyond Blunderdome. That's the one, yeah. The and I think it's around that time that he's he's in jail because I think that's why they make that joke. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Oh, boy, he gets a ribbing. <laughs> well, he showed them. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> ah, now his company it's... owns them. Um, yeah. Hey, The Simpsons. You were might have been popular in 1997, and Robert Downey Jr. was on the outs. But look at you switched now, idiots. He's worth right? everything in the world now. <laughs> He's Doctor Doolittle. Who are you? He's, he is. <laughs> he is Doctor Doolittle, indeed. James, did you see Doolittle? <laughs> no. Why would I do that? I'm I don't know. You. I don't know. <laughs> I saw it. Did you say, <laughs> did you say you're not me? <laughs> Greg, I just the thing I know about you is that you see everything. <laughs> not exactly. Not, I didn't see well, Doolittle. Did you see Doolittle? I didn't. You didn't see. I know. Why I would I? I wouldn't. Oh. Alan saw it. There you go. Okay. I'm sorry. I should be. I should be directing my disappointment towards Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> um, do you want to hear of uh, what my experience was? Yes. Yes, please. So there's a uh, in Market Mall, which is very near my house. There's a new Landmark Cinemas that open. And so basically it opened like late last year and I hadn't had many movies to go see there. Mm-hmm. So I was just excited to go to that theater. Like, I was just like, I want to go to this new theater. That's like a five minutes from my house and it's got reclining seats. It's Hell got, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. I, I love the landmark theaters. Oh, they're so, the best. Yeah, they're the they're best. Good. They know how to cue yeah. people. 
That's right. They yeah. got the they got the soda machines. Oh, they got the soda machines. They oh, do. And great. here's here's disappointment number one. This new one at Market Mall doesn't have the soda machines. Fuck off. They just What's have the classic point? fountain drinks. Okay. I know. Blunder okay. um, number one. Blunder <laughs> number one. But anyway, there was nothing. It was January, right? It was fuck you. It's January. There was nothing to see. I was like, <laughs> you know what? I've read I've read and heard things about Doolittle that it's like like crazy. Like that it's not <laughs> that it's a bad movie, obviously, but that it's like so bizarre. And so, like, out of sheer curiosity, I was like, I have nothing to do. Uh, I want to go to this theater. I'll go see Doolittle tonight. I think I asked uh, some friends if they want to come, and they were either like, absolutely not, or uh, <laughs> I cannot. And maybe just the I cannot was masking the absolutely not. But um, Or maybe so it went. was, like, literally, they cannot bring themselves sure. to do <laughs> That's a possibility as well. So I went to see it uh, alone. Uh, got in the theater. It was empty. Uh, there was it was also the late show, so it was like a 10 p.m. show. Oh wow! And there was one person behind the concession, like kind of surprised to see me enter. Like, oh, like <laughs> so I go and oh, buy hello. some popcorn. What, what can I do for you? Are you taking popcorn home? <laughs> yeah, what's what's going on here? There's only one more showing left tonight, and there's no way you're here for that. Um, <laughs> we weren't even gonna turn it on. <laughs> I think that's true. I caught the popcorn. I went to my seat. I was like, there's no one else in here. And I'm like, I sure hope someone else shows up. I hope I'm not the only person watching this movie. As I'm thinking that the lights start to go down, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and so I'm watching Doolittle completely alone in a giant theater. Um, I'm taking screenshots with my phone and sending them to friends. And like, take a, I take a video of the end because it was so baffling and sending it to friends. And uh so like that's that's the whole thing it's a bananas movie i can talk about it for hours but i won't um but after after the movie ended uh the lights didn't come back on uh you know how they like the, <laughs> yes they back in it, it didn't happen and i was sitting there for a while just watching the credits like kind of in amazement and like wondering i'm like did everyone leave <laughs> like did the, all the staff just lock up and leave uh, they've just preset the lights for the yeah. final one of doolittle every night <laughs> and so so I left the theater and like, I, I wanted like basically what I wanted to do when I left, I wanted to like thank them, even though they were probably like this fucking guy. I wanted to at least be like, thank you. Like, I appreciate you having to stay late for my dumb ass. Um, there was no one to be found. I didn't see a single employee anywhere. There, all the lights were off in the main, except for like the main like fluorescence, but like concession lights and everything were off. Uh, there was like a back, clearly a back room that had a light on, but I wasn't going to like wander back there and like, hello. So I'm guessing there was probably one person left back there, but I like, yeah, yeah. kind of like took my time to like, look, look, cause I wanted to say thank you. But then I was just like, all right, they probably just want me to leave. So I just left. You and just I took some so Twizzlers bad. and got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but like James and I can like relate. We, we've worked at movie theaters and like, if there's a late showing that no one comes to, you're like, yeah, close early. See everybody. Yeah. And so yeah. if there's like literally one person that comes to a late show, you're like this fucking asshole. Yeah. Hey, yeah. um, I can relate too. I worked at a movie theater. Yeah, but not the one we worked at, so we don't care. Oh, um. right, right, right. But you, you probably guys... worked at a at a at a bustling, uh, like successful movie theater. Me? Yeah, did you? You, you guys worked at the Paramount in Lethbridge, right? Or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked at a similar, uh, similar style, but like in, in that it's an independent theater. Oh yeah, it was the Cochrane Movie House, and Cochran, at the time, yeah. It only, oh, okay. yeah, it only had two screens. Um, yeah, and they were like during the time that I worked there, they were going through like permit shit about trying to get three more screens put in, 
and they eventually did. And it was like, for a while, it was nicer than any theater in Calgary because the screens were fresh and new and the seats were great. Uh, but then, of course, like, you know, Landmark renovated everything and then Cineplex being the pieces of crap that they are uh, took forever to renovate, but they eventually did. Um, I miss the movie theaters. Uh, James... What's it like seeing a movie in New York? I've never actually went to went to a movie theater in New York. Oh, well, you're missing out, Greg. I I also I just want to say I find it hilarious about you that you hate New York. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no one else that I know would come to this city and be like, I would like to watch Netflix. <laughs> I wonder not if you know, this episode uh, a part of that. Maybe this episode colored your reaction to New York. No. I know no. you went as a kid, but I went I went as um I, I went as a, a recent high school graduate in two thousand seven. Um so a kid. So a kid. I was seventeen. Um <laughs> Yeah, you're a child. And I went with I went with my parents and my family, so I got a taste of the good life. Ah. Uh-huh. In New but York. Like the touristy oh, life, right? The touristy, oh, the, uh... the touristy life. But when I went with Allie, we were there to do something. We were there specifically for a purpose, and we were only there for a couple of days. And I tried to do some touristy shit. The weather was garbage. And I would have rather have just stayed well, here's the fun part. What we mostly <laughs> did was we stayed at our Airbnb in fucking Jersey and just watched the Olympics. <laughs> I didn't realize you were way out in Jersey. Yeah, we were in Jersey. Uh, we had to take the fucking tunnel every day to the Port Authority to go. <laughs> we were waiting at a bus station and then a creepy cash-only bus stopped at the bus station and the guy was like, $5 to Port Authority. And we were like, okay, we got on. It was like a retrofitted school bus. <laughs> I thought we oh, were. Yeah. I've never got on one of those. No. That's really interesting. Yeah, we paid as we were getting off, not as we were getting on. Yeah. Wow. So that was like wow. that was like kidnapping moment. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't have the $10 to get off? You're not getting off. <laughs> <laughs> sit back down the emergency exit is welded shut it's interesting because uh, obviously new york is so huge and so many things are happening and so uh like you were saying with this episode you can have two vastly different experiences very much in the same day like i had the last time i went i was there by myself uh like i traveled by myself of course i was hanging with james but um when i first arrived i didn't understand that there was a difference between like trains and the subway so That's like, oh yeah, you know, I was getting on the train to get to a certain sub because I was just looking at my Google of like, how's the best way to get to this place in Brooklyn? And I got on the train. I already got a Metro pass. I got on the train, uh, first of all, in the wrong direction. And I realized <laughs> that. Yeah. But then like the, the like they have, they have like old timey, like concierge people coming around, like checking your tickets and like hole punching them. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like fucking like relic of the past. Um, but he came over and and I was just like like sh- holding my luggage and like sheepishly showing my Metro card. And he's just like, no, you need to get a different ticket. He's like, get the ticket at the next stop. Uh, and because I also said, I think I am going the wrong way as well. <laughs> he's like, get off at the next stop, get a ticket and then take it back that way. And he was just and he just kind of like, Meh. 
And like in another situation, maybe he would have been like, oh, you like, here's a ticket for trying to ride for free, jerk. You know, but I think he could tell like <laughs> poor, innocent. That's not Canadian. the first time that's happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then what's funny is the exact same thing happened to a different guy next to me where he was like, mm. he came over, like he got on after me and he was had his luggage and he was like, the guy came around and he's like, he showed him his Metro card and he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just like, feel you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I worried about stuff like with you, Greg, where it's just like, no, like you don't know the correct way to do things with this and you're going to be punished for it. Uh, but it, like, luckily I didn't know how to do things, but then was not punished. I was just like told the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but to your question, Greg, uh, I miss going to the movie theater so much. Yeah. And there are sort of two different types of movie theaters you can go to in Brooklyn. Uh, the first being just like the regular sort of multiplex. Uh, most of them are usually assigned seating um, mm -hmm. at every theater. However, like I find if I go to the like downtown multiplex to see a movie and I get an assigned seat and I come late, someone is in that seat because <laughs> nobody nobody gives a shit at yeah. a bunch of those places. So if I go, I still arrive early so I can defend my seat that I bought. <laughs> um, you don't want to get in that situation and, where you're like, um, I think you're in my seat. It's a, it's a 5F no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody and wants like, that. On that he's point, like, I don't give a shit. So go somewhere else. On that point, I went to see uh, Avengers Endgame for like the second time in a matinee in like Times Square. I just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go see this again. And like, everyone was sitting in the wrong seat and it was just causing but it was sold Chaos. out it was sold out and oh, everyone boy. was in the same everyone else's seat so someone had to come in stop the movie like reprimand <laughs> all of us and then everyone had to move to their seats <laughs> that's actually that um, happened when i went to see knives out it was it was also sold out which i didn't expect like i got there uh, yeah. and because it already been out for so long i got there and i like chose a seat and i'm like wow like there's only a few seats left luckily i was there by myself so like I found a single seat to sit in. Um, but I remember like sitting there and like so many people would come in late and then like whisper, whisper, whisper. And these people would move to a different pair of seats. And then I think it was just this one pair of people. They were like, their, their seats were like way in the back or something. They, they saw, oh, there's an empty seat here. So they'd sat there and then people came late. Like that's our seat. And they moved to a different one. Someone else came. Hey, that's our seat. And they moved again. And it's just like, dudes, just go to your seat. <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, like don't attempt that maneuver until you're well into the movie. Then you yeah. can move down. Like, yep, exactly. People are uh, the other kind for those too. Yeah, the other kind of movie theater you can go to is like uh, the sort of fancier like table service theaters, like the Nighthawk or the right. Alamo, which Alan has been to, and those are very nice. You get a nice seat, and like the food is really good. It's like kind of expensive, but you get yeah. a very nice, very curated movie theater experience. That's nice. You can just, the, the thing I like the most about it, honestly, is just the fact that you order at your seat. So you like write down what your order is on a little thing, a piece of paper, and you put it in your seat in front of you and so it sticks up. And so the uh, wait staff can like see, oh, this person needs to order something. They'll go. Uh, my favorite thing too is that they all like crouch and walk, even though I'm like, yeah. if you walk normally, like I can see them the screen fine. <laughs> I'm, I, I know I that probably there's some people who would get mad at you, but like, it's just, to me, I'm like, that seems unnecessary. Like you don't need to crouch walk everywhere. I took my mom to the Alamo to see a movie and she was like, I can't stand it, but there's all these little rats running around. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not oh, that those she has are, a problem those with are people workers. serving us <laughs> she just like wants to focus on the movie and found it very distracting yeah i mean that's but fair. like you know that's my least favorite thing about uh about going to a movie theater in general is if i ever need to get up and go do a thing 
that's why like i i always go to the bathroom before i always make sure i have the the snacks that i want you know and it's happened before where i'm like oh i really want you know i don't know a twizzlers whatever um and I didn't get one. And I'm like, do I risk it? Do I risk going and missing a part of the movie? Or do I just sit here and like be a chump? And so I love that at the, like the Alamo, you can, you can just be like Twizzlers <laughs> and they'll come bring it to you. Yeah, yeah, you great. don't have to be a chump. No, no way. The last movie I saw in theaters, I had to go to the bathroom partway through and I thought I chose the most boring part of the movie. And I came back blood everywhere. I missed something <laughs> crazy in the invisible man. You're like Troy in the uh, community coming back with the pizza. things on fire and yeah yeah yeah. i i told you that i intentionally left during that exact part in the invisible man because i was (laughs) i was too scared greg's a scaredy boy yeah i had to leave and go to the bathroom i I didn't even have to go i was like i i stood up out of my seat and was like well i just gotta go to the bathroom now definitely not because i'm afraid and did you hear about that part beforehand? Because I wouldn't have guessed that like that part would have been. I don't know if it was the same part. It was uh, when she was in the attic and like the phone started ringing, oh, no. and I was like, "Nope, no, no, no. this is uh, I, uh, there's an invisible man in here, guys. <laughs> an invisible man is around. <laughs> you can't see him. What? Are, how do you know what's how what he's going to strike? Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Betty Ford Clinic. Yeah, Betty Ford Clinic. Uh, let's talk yeah. about Broadway because Greg, I actually want to ask this to you since you have a negative opinion of New York. Did you go see any Broadway shows? Sure did. They were great. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel What'd like my. See? Oh, I saw. So um, I saw uh, stories by heart. Um, uh, John Lithgow's one man show. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you see any musicals? Uh, I, the first time I went to New York, I saw. Um, I saw Rent and Chicago. Okay, cool. Rent was great. Um, Chicago's bad. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great movie, uh, bad musical. I was gonna say I've only seen the movies of both those, and I'd say the opposite. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> Chicago's a great movie, bad musical. Rent's a horrible movie, great musical. Cool. Uh, yeah, I guess my my kind of general feeling about New York is that I I actually really love the touristy shit, um, and I know that's like that's a classic like yeah. New Yorker like ah you come to New York you gotta you gotta just walk around Brooklyn man you gotta just uh gotta just go see the sights you gotta see the real New Yorkers. Um, nah. you know, don't go to Times Square. Yeah. That's touristy. But I'm like, man, Times Square is fun. Times Square like, is I cool. Love it. Yeah. Um, Central and Park is awesome. Thirty Rock Central is Park's awesome. great. The Met is awesome. Met is like, so good. I've, yeah. I've been both times I went. Like, I love the Met. Uh, and I'm not even a big art guy, but I was just like, this place is huge, and look at all the cool shit. <laughs> um, but but I also think like that. You know, the flip side is true that some of the more interesting things that happened when I was in New York was just wandering, um, and not in the like quote-unquote touristy areas uh you know and it so like there is like two sides to new york in a lot of ways but there's also like five sides you know like it's it's just it's it's so five boroughs five bur- ah hey there <laughs> that's you why go. they did that um, ah. <laughs> uh but yeah i think i think it's a it's a fascinating city i i actually really uh obviously like want to go back uh i was hoping to plan another trip this year uh probably not gonna happen um and uh, it's, I, I, I remember the first time I went, I, I had a lot of fun, but I remember just being like, I feel like I saw maybe one, like a hundredth of that city. And we did a lot, like we were there for a week, you know? Uh, so, uh, but to bring it back to the musicals or to the musical in this episode, at least, um, Broadway musicals are one of my favorite things in the world. And I 
wasn't sure if that would be the case. I always liked musicals and I've seen some Broadway musicals done in Calgary, uh, you know, like when they do Broadway across Canada and that sure. kind of thing. And I've always enjoyed them. But like, it wasn't until I actually got to go into a Broadway theater and like realized how each theater is so different and like there's so much history of each each separate theater in my mind broadway was like a big complex <laughs> that had a bunch of theaters within it you know what i mean like yeah. a movie theater like a googleplex or whatever yeah definitely um and so it was so cool to realize oh no there are all these separate theaters in one kind of big area uh that have yeah have so much history to them and are just like the setups of each theater are so different and they're also lavish and beautiful and to see like an actual Broadway musical was, uh, I mean, unfortunately the first one I saw was Matilda, which wasn't great, but then I saw School of Rock and I was like, this is amazing. And I like didn't expect it to be to be as enthralled uh, as I was. Uh, second time I went, I got to see Hamilton, which of course was a dream. Was it any good? Um, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, like I was. I haven't really it, heard like, much about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it was it, it was just really cool to see, and then I saw Dear Evan Hansen as well, which uh, uh, I liked, but wasn't my favorite just because it was less of a lavish musical and more of just a important social musical, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just love that shit. I love the like crazy sets and like just. So much like I think this was was the other thing that like sometimes was a tough thing with James and I because James and I both like Broadway but Bro James loves the plays oh yeah more than the musicals yeah you know? I like plays and I'm like so and I think maybe because I like don't know when I'll be back to New York kind of like each time you know I'm like I want to see the big crazy like extravagant shit <laughs> James is like I want to see a one person show about the Constitution I'm like okay that sounds fun <laughs> if you can be here every day yeah. uh, <laughs> I took Charles instead. Yeah, and that's totally a Charles thing, too. <laughs> I would love to see some plays. Like the one-man show that I saw, like the John Lithgow show, oh, it was fantastic. It was absolutely wonderful to see uh, a man in a chair doing a just telling a story um, yeah. completely uh, entrancing 250 people. It yeah, my favorite like kind of Broadway show, I want to see like a black, like a bare stage with two incredible actors doing a 90 minute show and I got $35 tickets through my own cleverness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 25 bucks for the John Lithgow one. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. 50 bucks for both Ali and I, it was, and uh, again, nice. those sound great <laughs> just for me. <laughs> if I had, if I'm like trying to juggle my time and money, I'm, I'm choosing the big lavish Broadway musicals first. Then um, we went and saw a $10 UCB sketch show. That's cool. Oh yeah. Worth cool. that's fun. Yeah. every penny. <laughs> But like something Which like uh, yeah. uh, Death of a Salesman that Ryan got to see with Philip Seymour Hoffman, like I would have killed oh, yeah. to see that, obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. So there, yeah. there are things that would like veer me away from the Broadway musicals and into uh, some of the more classic plays. Like even the, uh, was it To Kill a Mockingbird was playing when I was there last and with uh, Jeff Daniels? Yeah, he's now been replaced by uh, Ed Harris. Um, oh, but now it's, of course, like closed until further notice right right but like at the time i was like that's actually like that sounds really cool see jeff daniels as atticus finch like, see ed harris as yeah. atticus finch jesus that'd be cool too and i like jeff daniels better it's I a sorkin just... script too i don't know if that matters to you but like yeah it's what sorry it's a aaron sorkin script so like that's oh like, yeah i think that's why you were you were into it too yeah <laughs> you're like i was curious sorkin. about it <laughs> sorkin adapted to kill a mockingbird yeah what is yeah. it like I don't, an, I don't... an hour and a half 
He wanted more walk and talks between sure. the courthouse and the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of, a lot of walking <laughs> meetings. <laughs> a lot of descriptions of like how many PhDs people have. Like everyone's the smartest person. Like everyone. Yeah, Even like at the top of her yeah, class. Dill, top of his class. Uh, <laughs> Boo Radley. He got a. Yeah, he's seat. a real wonk. He's a real policy wonk. Yeah. Boo Radley. He wanted oh the God. the dynamic between Atticus and Tom to be a bit more like bit more like repartee instead of one clearly like in a lower like uh, yeah social social standing. Tom went to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Magna cum laude. <laughs> got an MBA. Um, this is all a long way to talk about how I love the Betty Ford musical. In this oh, episode. it's so good. It's the episode it highlight. So it was so funny. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, it's again, it's exactly like the kind of thing I would love. Like if this was a real musical, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. Like, this sounds great. People singing about shit and like <laughs> sets like turning. <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> also, it's like, it's very real to Broadway. It's like they open shows and you're like, wait, they're really doing this as a show? Yeah. Like they just had to close the Princess Diana musical, which doesn't sound like a good idea at all. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. They had to close uh, Jagged Little Pill, I think, which yeah. is like the Alanis Morissette musical, Alanis, yeah. which I don't know, doesn't sound terrible, but it doesn't sound like New York's good. the right place for that. <laughs> not really. A script by Diablo Cody, which is very interesting. Oh, to me. interesting. <laughs> It's amazing yeah, how know. far a lot of those shows make it past the workshop stage. Yeah, it's basically like like anything. It's amazing how much anything with some sort of intellectual property that is at all valuable yeah. will just like keep going. Become yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I would have killed to see Turn Off the Dark. Oh God! Oh yes, yeah. like, I would have liked to see that as much as I know it was a fucking train wreck like part of me is just like train wreck of all train wrecks yeah i would love to see that like the only thing that would be like and it's spider-man but the only thing that would be like a little like i'd be like oh about like going to see it is like like in the audience i'd be like oh i hope no one dies yeah what (laughs) if someone dies and you saw that yeah (laughs) yeah that changes a person did i tell you about when i saw matilda how like there there was three different matilda actors like playing matilda that would switch every night and the night we saw it, uh, the the Matilda, the girl who was playing Matilda, like ran off the stage at the beginning of the second act, and we were like, "That's weird." And then like all the uh, actors like suddenly like they were on like swings, and they suddenly like kind of stopped swinging. They all walked off, and then like the lights came on, and we were like, "What's happening?" And then the guy had to come on the announcement and be like, uh, "So we had a you know our our young actor who's playing Matilda is uh, is sick." Uh, so we are going to get the uh, under like her understudy, who's essentially Matilda, who plays a different a different night of the week or whatever to come on. So just bear with us. So that Matilda comes on. She does like maybe a third of the second act, and then at some point it stopped again, and that Matilda was sick, and so they had to call the third Matilda, who was at home allegedly because it was her day off, and like oh be like, God. "Can you come down here and like finish the play?" <laughs> So we had to wait like 10 minutes for them to get Matilda there and uh, probably in costume and then come. So they're like, yeah. the guy came on. He's like, she, you guys are in for a treat tonight. You're going to see all three Matilda. Wow. She came on in her wheelie shoes. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I was like, like, what are, you know, it was just one of those things where I'm like, this is like live theater, man. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You know, that, that, that came, that, that was this close to happening to me during Christmas Carol this past season. 
Yeah. Yeah. Our ghost. <laughs> so Ghost of Christmas Present comes on at the beginning of Act Two, and our Ghost of Christmas Present puked in a bucket Ugh. backstage during the second during the intermission. Oh no! And we're like, oh god, our. <laughs> Oh God! And because there's just five of us, five of us yeah. playing thirty characters, yeah. and and we're like, um, what do what do we do? Does does one of us play the ghost of Christmas Present, or does does like someone? Do we like just get the stage managers to do the voice and have it like just be a disembodied voice? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> because there's no understudies in a lot of theater. And uh, yeah, Broadway is very, very cool in that they have lots of understudies, and um, yeah. that's insane that you got to see all three. I know it was just it was crazy because like when it the first one ran off, we're like, oh, that sucks, but like, hey, it makes sense they have an understudy or like someone who can come on and take over. But then the second one happened, and we're just like, what happens if the third person gets sick? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're you just like, sorry, is, goodbye. <laughs> is that all three Matildas got really drunk the night before? <laughs> that's yeah, the problem. That's the problem. The yeah. yeah. Um, man. Yeah, fourteen-year-olds, man. Um, so reference desk. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like Betty Ford Clank. It's funny. Oh, it's a great it's a great gag, and it's I think the good. reference there is Broadway. <clears throat> Correct. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't reading it yet. Um, I also just want to say I love Marge's line of when I was a little girl, I've always oh. dreamed in being in a Broadway audience. It's just another piece of. Marge's past that makes me sad and I love yeah. it. I love it. All right, Marge. reference desk. Uh, so you have the song Oh Yeah by Yellow, which is Duffman's theme. Uh, they hum the Macarena in uh, the car. They sure do. Or like say it, they don't hum it. Um, <laughs> bad cultural reference uh, that has not stood the test of time. Uh, the Playboy Mansion is mentioned. Uh, the song that's playing during Homer's flashback, uh, Greg mentioned it's from most notably from the sting, but it's Scott Joplin's the entertainer. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, Homer walks past three different porno, uh, theaters, (laughs) (laughs) which, (laughs) which are advertising the Godfather's parts (laughs) to Jeremiah's Johnson and fl- five sleazy pieces, yeah, yeah, which of course are references to The Godfather Part Two, Jeremiah Johnson, and Five Easy Pieces. Uh, Woody Allen is, shows up. Uh, Chud is mentioned. Yeah, the movie about right. cannibalistic humanoid <laughs> underground dwellers. I think it stands for. Yeah, I had to look up that. <laughs> uh, and Marge says something like, "If you're just focusing on the pimps and chuds." <laughs> I think that's actually why for a long time I thought chud was just like a derogative, you know, like just like, ah, like you chud or you, you jerk, that kind of thing. Right. I didn't realize it was like from a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ZZ Top. Uh, Bart sees uh, three rabbis and thinks there's ZZ Top. They rock. You guys rock? Maybe a little. Uh, Mountain Dew, of course. Uh, Mad Magazine with uh, Alfred E. Newman and uh, Spy vs. Spy in the background as well. Uh, this is a great small gag that I really like that's on the subway, I believe. It's like, can you throw a football? Call the New York Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like, I don't know much about football, but apparently the, the or sorry, the Jets. Sorry, New York Jets. The yeah. Jets. Did yeah. I say Nets? Nets are basketball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, meant, I meant Jets, but I said Nets. Uh, yeah, the New York Jets, uh, apparently a bad football team. 
um, were at the time. <laughs> well, from what I've read, they still are. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know who wrote that. So, Is it the Giants uh, I'm thinking about that won the Super Bowl twice? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., of course, is the uh, inspiration for the Betty Ford Clinic uh, character, uh, who is at the time, once again, uh, heavy into drugs. And then the end, uh, there's a Ben-Hur reference with the carriage uh, whipping Homer in the eye. Those are the references. Of course, there's a lot of New York specific references, but I didn't. That's the New York City as a reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite joke? Um, okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> so when when Bart says this is just an honorable mention that I want to say when okay. when Bart says nine bucks, this one's on me, and it goes to Homer. And he's like, "Stupid Bart, it is money." <laughs> I think that's, I think that's great, uh, yeah. but my my favorite joke of the episode is um, is is him on the phone with the with the parking authority waiting for Officer Steve Grabowski because it's not him filling in the full name Steve Grabowski. Yeah. It's always going to be someone named Steve. It's definitely <laughs> like don't worry, all New York traffic cops are named Steve. Steve something. Steve something. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite joke as well, uh, but also specifically the part right before that where it's like, uh, you'll get a small, large lateness fee. <laughs> <laughs> large lateness. <laughs> Jimsy? Uh, my favorite joke uh, you opened the show with, which is, get me Kaputnik and phone bone. <laughs> The new kids on the blend pastrami yeah. sandwiches. And uh, I think that really hit home for a nostalgia reason, just because I read a lot of Mad Magazine probably at the time when I watched this episode. And I was also like, I get that they're making fun of it and it's very funny, but also I just saw Spy versus Spy in the background and it's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what about uh, episode MVP? Uh, episode MVP for me is Homer. I I think almost I I could say almost everything that Homer does in this episode I think is like tops out my my favorite jokes because I love seeing him so frustrated. I think it's so funny. It's so funny to me to see him like to see nothing go right for him and his reactions are so great. I yeah Homer's I my MVP. I will say that I think this episode would fall apart without Dan Castellaneta's performance. Like I, I sort of like, I, I, I sort of come down more on the side of Alan, but like uh, what keeps it a little more even keeled is that he is so good and he's doing a lot. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I think <laughs> it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of a good, recent example so i'll just say the story of job like where it's just like someone getting shit on and, and like no like reconcile and i'm just like it it just feels bad to me i just it, it makes me feel yucky and i'm like that's not what i like to see in my comedy shows so it just like it rubs me the wrong way but yes i agree dan does a great job in the episode uh so like dan might be the mvp but i actually I, i'm leaning towards marge only because i like her small little beats throughout the episode that like do like you said like draw that juxtaposition of like oh Marge's having a great time in New York and just some of her comments like uh the Broadway one uh as well as like 
oh, uh, I'd really like a new pair, of or I'd really like some shoes, but I already have a pair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so funny. Like, <laughs> okay, this is interesting because uh, I think I, I I feel a little more depressed by Marge's lines. <laughs> <laughs> Because they Fair sort enough. of reveal this person who's like worried to have like an inner, like a, a large inner life or like large, big desires. Like, uh-huh. I'm so sad. That's fair. I, I get that. I think it's because I like just that's always been Marge to me for the most part. Yeah, I know. With the, yeah. the few episode uh, exceptions where she steps out of her, uh, her, um, lot in life as it were uh which i really like like those are some of my favorite episodes when she like becomes a cop and stuff like that oh yeah um the cop but i like great. i do like when they lean into like she's this is just who she is and she but the fact that she's not sad about it uh i right. guess is what makes it easier for me to swallow whereas like you know homer's like going through some shit and he hates it and i'm like oh i feel so bad for him whereas marge <laughs> is like you know this is fine like broadway shoes Central Park. Right, because it's like it's she's that repressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, do you have an MVP? I don't know if you already said. Uh, I think my favorite character in the episode might just be the city of New York. Oh, oh! it's like a sixth character. Very yeah, nice. Very, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> See, we did have a new character, the city. <laughs> Uh, Sonia was watching and she was excited like she's never seen this episode and uh, when Homer said he was going to a one world trade she was like that's where I work that's that's my office building oh really (laughs) or well not her building specifically but yeah she works at one world trade really I have been to the observation deck it's very pretty wow I want to go there did you guys you you should come we'll take you out (laughs) Cool. Did you guys watch this uh, like on Disney Plus? Did you watch it on DVD? Disney Plus this time. Disney Disney Plus. So they still have the uh, 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 the nine nine dollar New Yorker magazine. Yep. On that version. Yep. That's like a famous conspiracy theory is that they predicted nine eleven because the New Yorker has the large number nine and then the twin towers right next to it, which look like eleven. Yeah the it's uh, when it's pretty you, airtight yeah. i don't know like when, when you point it out like that it's <laughs> pretty inescapable they finally did yeah. it they did it the, i think i think yeah well they at least knew about it let's not you know let's not dive yeah. too deep into yeah. the conspiracy. they knew it was gonna happen they read and the they memo. did nothing they read the memo <laughs> the bush they did administration they didn't they really they did what they could they used their platform yeah it's not like you know the, the city of new york had an iconic skyline with the two twin towers uh, a part of that and it happens to look like the number 11 yeah there's no way it's just a coincidence no right? way <laughs> no way coincidences don't exist it didn't say yeah. what about the uh the Can't line they put all this. the they put all the jerks in, in tower one was that still in this version yep for you guys oh yes it was Oof, yeah, no i just i know really... that uh they i think they they regretted that line uh obviously after the yeah attacks. oh yeah well, um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, that land that really landed. But they couldn't have seen it coming, you know. So it's like, yeah. No, it's sti- uh, the thing is, it's a funny line. It's still a yeah. funny line. Take away the 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 in, in insanely unpredictable tragedy. Yeah, that happened, and it's a funny line. Like they and they stopped this episode in syndication until two thousand six, I believe. Yeah, because oh, really? that's when everybody agreed you could laugh again. Yeah, the the jokes of the Country people arguing in the in the two towers was was very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was just curious if Disney Plus had any weird fuckery with it with the episode. No, no. That, although I have heard about the, I have heard about the weird fuckery of uh, 
they digitally inserted more hair on Daryl Hannah's body and splashed to cover her bare butt. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look up the clip. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Stop can't it. See no, can't see no butts on Disney. Jesus. Butts are no for, butts. Butts are, butts are for, for adults. No high Kids can't see children. butts. <laughs> Not like The Simpsons has butts in like every episode. They do. But they're animated, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. Well, that's fine. <laughs> well, that's we fine. Can, yeah, we can see Yoda's butt. <laughs> Probably got a tight little butt. You pay for that butt <laughs> every month. Well, uh, well, then on that note, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Greg, yeah, clearly your thumbs up for this episode. Very, very two major thumbs up. Yep. Um, I will say on my rewatch, it's not a, it's not an immediate thumbs down, uh, but it's just not, it's not a thumbs up. So it's a, it's a thumb sideways for me. All right. We're gonna track this. We're gonna see how how many thumbs up, thumbs downs, and thumbs sideways I give this season. All right, all right. Well, I thought it was fine, <laughs> fine, 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 fine. I liked a lot of moments in it, and I like always have like yeah. Mountain Dew, like a lot of the stuff. I just I think there's some very funny stuff, but yeah, I just I, I take issue with the overall um, Homer Homer plot. Guys, and... the Mountain Dew joke feels less like a joke now. And more just like a statement of fact. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, where it's like, he's like, it says it. And it's like, this was the funniest joke ever at the time. And then, and now when it happens in the episode, you're like, oh, those were the days. Also, is Kavkalash (laughs) a real thing? Kavkalash? Yeah. Sure. Does anyone know? Why not? James, you ever had Kavkalash in New York? No, but I've... Yeah, I, I haven't eaten a lot of street food in New York. Mm. There's always restaurants to go to. It's true. Could just be a parody of that, of the street food. I mean, I think it is, but yeah. I just wasn't sure if that was a real food item or because Homer seems to hate it at first and then he's licking the thing clean. Well, okay. So I, I Googled Calcolash uh, and the first thing that comes up is the Simpsons. So uh, pretty sure it's just that. Cool. Well, Ife, uh, if you're listening, TBNBBBQ2. Uh, Reddit seems to believe that it is not real. <laughs> Good. Dynamite detective work, fellas. <laughs> yeah, but there is, a, there is a recipe to make oh. uh, uh, to, to make it. Uh, you take 21 ounces of lamb meat, four tomatoes, three pimentos, one onion, water, oil, salt, pepper, and any other seasonings you like, and go for it. It sounds awful. It sounds great. Oh, what are no. you talking about? I don't like you guys. There's a, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a return of the Kalkalash guy. Oh God! In later seasons. Oh God! Ugh. All right. I guess, of course we there have, is. I guess we have to do that. We have to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to James for joining us all the way from the Big Apple, the Windy Apple. Always a pleasure. Um, neighbors. <laughs> and uh, thank you all for listening to us once again. We are continuing this project. Until we die, or until it's the end of season ten, uh, whatever comes first. God, I hope it's the end of season ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us on uh, the socials, uh, Bad Neighbors Pod, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and just Two Bad Neighbors on Facebook. Uh, you can also email us at the Hammock District on Third at gmail.com. Numerical three, and you can subscribe to our Patreon, in which we are currently, where well, we just dropped our Aladdin commentary. 
and listen to us watch the movie Aladdin. Yeah, watch along with 1992, us. 1992, not the not the remake. Yeah. The classic cartoon. Oh, and guys, uh, we have some new episodes of the Cinevals coming out soon. So hop on over to the Boathouse Studios main feed on the uh, other channel and uh, check those out. We got some... We're dropping... Ten Commandments. We're, we dropped ba- uh, Ten Commandments and we're doing Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh, boy. For all you c- Cineval heads. Yeah. Bad Lieutenant, Port Authority, Bus Terminal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one. All right. Well, thanks for listening again, everybody, and keep watching the skis.